Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. I saw so many census uh, takers walking around looking lost. What, what did you tell them? What did you say? Well, I, I told one young fella, I said, you know something, go talk to your boss, tell him I'll send you with my meter reader, the water meter reader, and, and you'll get a count of every single person that lives in Rio Grande City because where there's a water meter, there's life. Where there's life, there's people. And where there's people, there's there's people to count. That's a good idea. Did they do it? No, they, they didn't do it. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. All right, we're at Steam Theory Brewing Company. This is on the west side of downtown Dallas near the Trinity Groves uh, development on, you know, the other side of that cool Margaret Hunt Hill Bridge. If yes. You know the skyline here in Dallas. If you're not from Dallas, you do have to cross the Trinity River if you're in downtown Dallas and go west. And, and go you west. will see it. They, they, they called it the Bridge to Nowhere when they built it. And now there's all this stuff over here. Now and, it's known as the Bridge to Somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And this is a very cool place, this uh, brewery here, too. I'm having the Equilibrium, which is a red ale. It's one of the many they have here. I'm doing the Brew Bohemians, and it's uh, excellent in this really tall glass, and I see lots and lots and lots of bubbles. I like a very good effervescent beer. Effervescent? I, I've never heard that as an adjective Does that make me strange? I'm not a, a natural beer drinker. Well, clearly with that language you are Bourbon well. guy, and you, do, you don't usually see bubbles we, in a bourbon. We should, in 2020, we should upgrade to bourbon and scotch. <laughs> I think we should. Maybe we Let's should. Let's do it next week. We'll, we'll put in the request to management. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I got uh, a few weeks back, I got a, uh, a letter in the mail from the Census uh, Bureau. It was the American Community Survey. I don't know what the difference between that and the actual census is. Maybe that is a census. But, but it's they, happening. It's happening is the bottom line. And you told me something the other day in the newsroom, Jason, about the Rio Grande Valley is one of the hardest places to count. You know what's interesting? Cen- for it's, years for census takers. It's, it's interesting that we know. Like, there's actual data that says, here are the counties, here are the places that are hard to count. Like, the census knows everything. They have this whole map that shows the places that are hardest to count. And if you just sort of hover over that map as you go along the Rio Grande... It's stunning how bad it is in some of these places. I mean, they get like a 40-something percent response rate. That's not good when you're trying to get an accurate count, and everything depends on this count. We're going to hear more about that in a little bit, probably. Uh, So then they end up having to send people door-to-door to try to track people down. That's crazy. So, you know, Dallas County they get, Harris County they get, all the suburbs Mm -hmm. around, you know, Travis County and uh, Bear County as well, too. The Valley's just hard as hell to actually you know, find out how many people live there. Before we dig into that, so if you, you know, get an email from the census or you get something in the mail, fill it out because money, it means money for this state. And if you don't fill it out, they're going to come knock on your door. Or they're going to keep money away from this state. So it's resources we're talking about here. A few years ago, uh, the podcast producer Taylor Lumsden and I were down in the valley doing some stories down there. Um, I, I don't remember what the stories were about, but we were down in the valley doing stories, and we ran across a mayor down there, former mayor now, of Rio Grande City, and that's in Starr County. 
he has a pretty good context on how hard it is going to be for census takers this year. And I can tell you, I have hovered over Star County on that hard-to-count map, and it's pretty abysmal, the rate of response that the census gets there. Hello? Hey, Ruben, can you hear us? I hear, I hear you great now. You and I talked a few years back. You're a former mayor of Rio Grande City. You are a former congressional candidate. And one thing that I think is fascinating about you, not only based on your experience, but is the fact that you're, you're a Republican in the Rio Grande Valley. Kind of a rare breed, I would say. Are you really? I am a very rare breed, and I, I am a Republican. I, I ran under the Republican banner. Well, let's talk about the census. In 2010, you were the mayor in Rio Grande City. And you said it was just hard as hell for census takers to get an accurate count in your city. Absolutely. You know what, Jason? On a scale from 1 to 10, it'd be about a 12. Really? You had so many, yes, absolutely, so many challenges that they got to overcome. Cultural challenges, challenges uh, challenges of distrust, uh, challenges of not understanding the lay of the land. Border communities are unique. And if you bring a template that might work in Dallas, Texas, and try to apply along the border... I mean, you're basically trying to put a square peg in a round hole, and it's never going to work. And what, what's the deal? Is it just suspicion that Latino families have, regardless of whether they're here legally or not, about the government knocking oh. on the door? Is that it? Let me tell you uh, one of my favorite stories. I, I, I had a situation where I saw a census taker walking down the street, and, and I asked him, how's it going? He said, well, I was trying to go to that house, and that house was in a house. It was a compound. That's what I call multiple houses and families living on a couple of acres that happens here along the border. So I knew the family, so I, I called the one of the family members, and I said, hey, this guy's trying to take your number. Oh, no, we don't want to talk to him. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't want to talk to him? Well, you know, my, my grandparents are scared that they'll get picked up. And I was like, your grandparents have been citizens of the United States of America for at least a decade. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They won't talk to them. Wow. The inherent distrust that exists along in border communities, Jason, finds its, its basis in, in, in several things, especially nowadays. Uh, if government shows up nowadays down here because they're building the border the border fence, they might be trying to take your land. Uh, you also have the implications that come with the DACA uh, families because there's a lot of very, very deep roots and extended families. And I'm sure some of these families have uh, kids that are going through the DACA process and that didn't go, it's not going very well. So the distrust this time around is going to be more, much more significant, and it's going to be escalated. I want to know this. Uh, you know, we know that the census is not just trivia. Uh, everything relies on this. Money, resources rely on this. So do you have any kind of a sense as to how bad the undercount was in your city in 2010? Yes, yes I do. Let me tell you, coincidentally, during the 2010 cycle we were building a water treatment plant and we work with water development board and they required us to give an accurate count of how many people they were going to serve it makes sense you're going to provide water how many people you're providing water to so the the study that we did within our system came up at about uh, 20,000 20,000 people we were serving and we paid professional people to uh, uh, count we went meter by meter obviously and then we gave it a factor I remember I had a little bit of a discussion with the person because they were giving us a factor of three and I said we're Hispanic it should be six and uh, <laughs> true story true story I think we ended up at five or something anyway and you know they did five let me tell you what we ended up at 20,000 when the census came in we pushed 14,500 or 600 and I knew for sure that we were undercounted so you're talking about a 25 percent undercount though when you throw those numbers out that is staggering uh, 
to be fair, I'm going to say 15 to 20% is very, very within the realm of the wheelhouse of, of inaccurate counting. Yes, absolutely. So what does I that mean, mean money-wise then? Oh, it's crippling. Look, communities along the border already have a lot of challenges. You know, under the designation of poor, yes, they, we fall under the poor communities. But people think because you're poor, you get more funding. No, you don't especially when they look at your census numbers and they find out, well, you're only going to plan for, you know, you know 14,000, not 20,000 in our case, for example, and it affects your transportation. It affects your, your housing. It affects the way you feed your kids and the, and the services that, that feed families. Everything gets, gets, gets affected by it. And no matter how many times we try to, you know, tell families that are back in 2010 they were still very very resistant because they felt that they weren't going to sacrifice their safety for the greater good so so that was 10 years ago how hard is it going to be for the census takers this year down in the rio grande valley oh god multiply it three or four times it's going to be so much worse and so much so much more distrust and i i want to tell you that the census uh uh uh, people that came through in 2010, yeah, they showed up to a board meeting there with the city council, and yeah, they showed up to a full, few school board meetings, but they weren't in the flea markets, you know, for sure. They weren't in the high school football games, and they, they didn't make a big presence in some of the school functions they should have. You're a Republican. Uh, we've talked to Democrats about this as well. You talk to other Republicans. Do Republicans, as far as you see it, do Republicans care as much as any Democrat about getting an accurate count in this census? Absolutely, without a doubt. Absolutely, hands down. I'm 100, 150% sure that every Republican public official, public servant who I have talked to, they want that good, solid count because it's not just good for the border, it's good for Texas. And they they do have that that larger uh, perspective that it benefits us as a whole. And I want to tell you what, I know a lot of people, I, I, I'm not running for anything, but I still know every my senators, I still know the governor, I still know every congressman, Republican or Democrat. And when you say partisan, is there's a partisan issue? As far as I can tell, people being counted for this census here in Texas is absolutely partisan. The Republicans want it. The Democrats want it because what I think they all see is a strong Texas at the very end. Yeah, let me ask you this. Let's say that I'm sitting in my house in my native Galveston County or I'm sitting in my house in my adopted Dallas County now. Uh, Do I care? that, you know, maybe some people in Star County don't really want to be counted and they don't trust the census takers. Do I care about that? Why should I care about that? Well, you, you said it in the very beginning because Congress is uh, identified through the population. And when you have more congressmen that belong to Texas, Texas will be better representative. Everybody benefits. Ruben, 10 years ago, uh, when you guys were undercounted there in uh, in your city, the county was, and Star County as well, how much money do you think that Star County lost out on over the last decade? <laughs> wow. Uh, if I were to guess, I'd probably say we probably lose easy half a million a year. Uh, $15 million, $20 million maybe. And, and that's pretty powerful. Modest. But yeah, that's, that's modest and powerful, yes. But but, but that, that amount of money could be used for, for quite a bit down there, I presume, right? Uh, let me put it this way. Our dollar here stretches about 10 times more than does in Dallas. Really? We, 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know something? I'll tell you. Let me give you another story. I once had a National Geographic reporter show up to Virginia City when I was mayor, and he says, I have a question. How come you guys don't act poor? And I said, what do you mean we don't act poor? Well, what do you, how do you want us to act? The, the thing about, about poverty as it is, it's, it's a designation that the government says if you're making this much money, you're poor. But I hate to tell everybody that people along the border never got that memo. We just make a good life for our family. We have extended families where people bring all their money together kind of in a collective. Uh, we share each other's vehicles if we have a job to go do. So the extended family structure here is still extremely strong. Uh, Ruben, uh, so you're no longer mayor there. Do you, well, we have a census. It's going on again this year. Are you able to do anything about it uh, this time around to try to make it more accurate? Are you doing anything about it? You know, I, I, I have strong social medias that I, that I have now, Twitter, I have Facebook, I have Instagram, and I'm border mayor across all of them. And my intention is when census time comes around, personally speaking, I'm going to encourage the people I know that have big social media followings mm. to put the uh, idea and the concept of get yourself counted well, maybe that's what it comes down to this time uh, to try to get an accurate count in Texas, word of mouth or word of uh, social media post. I look at social media every single day. I look Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I haven't seen a single ad of any kind from the Census Bureau about getting counted in English or in Spanish or in French. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I always appreciate your insight and in talking to you as well, too. Follow him on Instagram at Border Mayor is his handle on Instagram. I think you said you use it for everything else too, right? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook. And, and you know something, I appreciate you guys trying to get that perspective along the border because one thing's for sure, there's a big common thread that kind of weaves between all the border communities, whether it be Laredo, Brownsville, Oregon City, Roma. You can go on and on, but it's all connected. Ruben, thanks sir, uh, for being with us today. And I want you to start scoping out a place down there for us to have a beer with you because we're uh, planning a road trip to the border uh, here in 2020. I got you, man. I got I got your back. You show up and I'll, I'll, show, I'll, show, I'll show you the town. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Ruben. Take care. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. See ya. So what's fascinating about Ruben, I think Ruben's a great guy. I've, I've, kind of hung out with him we've interviewed him for previous stories in the past yeah um but he just gives you a a non-partisan perspective he's republican yeah which is a rare breed as he said in the valley yeah in in the valley it's very rare but there's also a huge push from a lot of groups all over this state to get an accurate count in texas yeah you know as we just heard from uh ruben there republicans want an accurate count, D- despite what you might hear, you know, you hear sniping on both sides about, you know, they don't want this, but yeah, but they don't want that. And uh, he says that, no, he he's still very plugged into the Republican circuit here all the way up to the top in Texas. And and they want an accurate count because it benefits the state. Ultimately, uh, you know, we've we also have heard from uh, more progressive leaning groups uh, about this and in fact we, we want to get one of them uh, to talk to us a little bit here about what they are doing because you know they say that the funding really isn't there to get the word out so they're trying to do this big push uh, this is the Center for Public Policy Priorities. There's a guy named Luis Figueroa and uh, we need to get his opinion on this. Hello there's Luis. What's up, man? Hey, not much. Thanks for calling me back. Happy to be on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Luis, there are going to be a lot of people listening who probably will think, well, you know, census is not really at the top of my to-do list. It might not even be in the middle. Uh, How big of a deal is it 
if the count is off even just by a little bit in Texas? It's a huge deal. So even a 1% undercount uh, is the equivalent of $300 million a year. You spread that out over 10 years, and we're talking about billions of dollars. That's just federal funding. That's not including the funding that we lose for the lack of representation. You know, the more congressional members, the more representation you have, the more money they can bring in from from Congress. That's not including business investments that use the census to determine whether to you know, build a store or set up a headquarters in the state. You know, I'll give you an example. My home city of El Paso was making a big push um, to try to see if they could even be in the conversation uh, when Amazon was looking for their headquarters uh, and they didn't meet the population threshold. Um, They tried to use their, you know, their communities uh, around them, uh, Juarez and Las Cruces, to get over the population threshold, um, but that didn't end up flying. Um, these are the types of things that are determined by the census. Headquarters will say, we're only looking for cities over a certain population size, over 500,000, over a million. That's determined by the census and whether those jobs and um, and corporations and investments come to our communities is dependent on the census. And lay this out for us, too, how this works, Luis. We pay money in federal taxes, your income taxes that you're about to pay on the 15th. And then the feds look at where everybody lives and then shells that money out according to where they live? Is that what this is all about? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, if you uh, are not participating in the census, you're not getting your fair share of the funds. You're essentially giving that money up to other states. Um, and, you know, the other states um, get to use um, that money for their schools and for their health care needs and for their infrastructure needs. Um, so, you you know, by counting yourself in the census, and, and let's be clear, we're talking about um, a very, you know, short survey of your name, where you live, um, that, you know, those 10 minutes that you spend filling that out at most um, will determine whether or not your school gets uh, funding for, for their school lunch programs, uh, whether the hospitals and um, hospital districts there get money for the health care needs of that community um, and whether there's funding for, you know, the roads and, and freeways in your community. Um, so it is absolutely crucial to the very um, basic needs of, of a local community. And what should I expect? A knock at the door from someone that works for the census, an email, something in the mail? So this census will be a little bit different. Um, The first thing you'll receive is a postcard asking you to fill out the census online. This will be the first time that that is done. And I think a lot of people are going to be confused by that. Um, You know, people are always a little hesitant uh, when they are asked to do something online. Um, But that is actually going to be the first um, wave of notices. And then they, uh, if they do not fill it out, they will receive the form, uh, the paper form, for them to fill out um, that can be mailed back. Um, and then if you don't fill out the paper form, uh, then you will eventually have someone knock on the door, call it a numerator, wow. who will try to um, get the information from you in person. They're getting it. Um, any, yeah, they're getting it any which way you want it, huh? Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna make a you know a, a couple of efforts, um, but by the time that enumerator comes by, you know if they miss you once or twice, um, there is a very good chance that you are not counted 
um, and and you um, as a result uh, there will be an undercount in that community. With this year, considering um, the concerns that there you know have been about um, you know the potential citizenship question that is no longer on the form, the uh, fact that it's online, um, that there's less federal funding. Um, and the general fear of the federal government, um, you know, some people have said it could be a five, six, seven, eight percent undercount in Texas. And you said for um, each percentage point that we would be undercounted here in Texas, we could lose something on the order of three hundred million dollars. So you start extrapolating that out and multiplying it times five or six, and that adds up pretty fast yeah. per year. And that's a year, right? Per year, that's right. Uh, let me ask you this. You mentioned that citizenship question. There was a big fight about this, whether uh, it should be included in the census. It is not, but just the fact that it was talked about for so long, you uh, you feel like that puts a real chill on a lot of people, uh, especially you know maybe who are uh, down around the border uh, with Mexico. Uh, a lot of these counties have bad rates of responding to the census as it is on a good day. How bad do you think this could get, especially in those areas? Yeah, that was the big fear that the damage would already be done just by the the questioning, you know, just by the controversy of it alone. Um, so we are really working hard um, to provide some trust, some trusted, you know, community members, whether it's the pastor, whether it's um, how, your healthcare provider, uh, a nurse, that those trusted voices can alleviate those fears and remind people there is no citizenship question. It is not the data is not shared with um, ICE or any of the um, Homeland Security folks. Um, There are laws to protect us against that um, and try to alleviate some of those fears. But with that said, it takes a lot of money and effort um, to communicate that. Luis, are these conversations happening when people are going to the doctor's offices or on front porches with the neighbor or... or, or with We're trying to. I think it's. Uh, I think it's starting now. You know, we are trying to do everything we can to get all the various interest um, groups out there to you know try to alleviate that fear, yeah. especially faith-based communities. Is this a partisan issue? It it really isn't. It never has been in the past. You know, um, it is quite literally a bureaucratic function of just counting every single person in the United States as required in the Constitution. Um, so it really shouldn't be a partisan effort. Now, obviously, the census informs redistricting, which is a partisan process. But, you know, as we've talked, redistricting um, criteria is determined by the people who draw the maps. The census and the raw numbers um, are not political in, in any way. All right. Then we'll get into the real political fight once everybody's counted and that uh, redistricting begins. Uh, Luis Figueroa with the Center for Public Policy Priorities. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. Appreciate it. Anytime. Hey, good luck, man. So, so Luis is pretty confident they're going to work hard and get a good, accurate count. But mm-hmm. we know what the reality is like, at least what it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And we know it's probably going to be a little harder because the border situation, the rhetoric around all that has increased exponentially. Well, and with DACA and all of that stuff, as Ruben was saying, he, he paints a picture uh, that makes this sound like it's actually going to be harder this time, that the, that the miscount may be even higher this time in Texas, which, again, 
uh, trickles down to you and me and everybody else who lives here because it's fewer representatives for us and it's fewer resources for less us. money for roads, less money for hospitals, for schools, you name it. So it, think about the census every time you hit another pothole. It, it, that's a good point. You know? it, if the government doesn't know you exist and live there, why are they going to put money there when they think that folks are somewhere else? I mean, that's, that's, that's a good point. So, you know, when you fill out your census, uh, let people on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram know it. And, you know, who knows, maybe by your word of mouth, they'll fill theirs out as well. And uh, while you're there on social media, by the way, follow us. We're at Yolitics. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next Tuesday. 